0: Why are the Rockets cutting Carmelo Anthony? Will the Sixers regret trading for Jimmy Butler? Are there more trades in the works in Philly? The only question left is, say it with me, you win. Hey sports fans, Coach Nick here and welcome to the B-Ball Breakdown Podcast. Today I'm happy to have... Friend of the Breakdown, Kurt Heelan on the show, who is in charge of the lovely NBA page over at NBCSports.com. Kurt, thanks for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me on. Good to talk to you, man. For sure. I mean, we go way back. It's always yeah. nice to talk to you about the NBA or anything. So uh, are you ready?
1: I am. I'm am, I'm always up for talking about the NBA. It's, it's you know, nice, another quiet week around the league. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what there's to talk about, but maybe we can find something.
0: Yeah, maybe we'll talk about how Hartenstein's doing
1: on the Rockets. Uh, The Rockets, I, I, you know, I honestly, I'm just not horribly, horribly concerned about them. I think that they're going to kind of figure it out. But the step back, the step back was bigger than they thought. You know, it's it's. You know, there's obviously the Carmelo situation, but it's to me, it's like their problems are much bigger than just Carmelo Anthony. Their communication on defense has been bad. They're just missing shots. It's just – it's much – Carmelo doesn't solve their
0: problems, but he's not their biggest problem, sadly. Sure. Well, let's, let's unpack some things there because it's on my mind today as I'm doing a video on this. But, you know, you go through the um, – I've gone through about 90 of the 150 possessions that they have for Melo that he's used this year. And, you know, OK, you can do a nice montage, and perhaps I even will, of the one dribble pull-up from 18 that he does, which, yeah. you know, certainly would probably get Daryl Morey on the phone <laughs> pretty quick, even if he makes those, I feel like. Um, but you're right. It, it, it kind of feels like, at the very least, he's on a really cheap contract for them. There's no reason to sort of panic after 10 games and talk about cutting him. And by the way, is, it seems pretty clear they are going to cut him. It's just a matter of uh, yeah. when, right? Yeah, it is. What I've heard now is, by the way, this is a little bit about
1: them and a lot about him. Like, he's not comfortable in the role. Um, He's not really thrilled coming off the bench, uh, which gets into a whole nother topic we can get into down the line about where he lands. But uh, if he's not going to accept the role as a bench player at this point, uh, A, I'm not sure where he lands in the NBA period, but he certainly doesn't have a role on a contending team like the Rockets should be. Uh, He's He's just not going to have that kind of freedom, that kind of space. He's – you know, here's here's what one person told me, and I think it was kind of smart. Uh, He's, what, the seventh best player on that team, give or take, sixth maybe, maybe eighth. But if you're James Harden or Chris Paul and you want to sit down with management and say, I don't think I'm being used right. I need to – we've got to find a way to get me the ball here or I've got to be used in this kind of way or I've got to get more minutes here or whatever it is, talent is so – I don't want to say sparse, but there's not enough elite talent in the NBA. You sit down with those guys. You have that conversation. You keep them happy. If you're the seventh guy on the roster, eighth guy in the rotation, you're like, play better. Figure out how to fit in. Like, you you are not – we're not having deference to you. You are not entitled to this. And Carmelo Anthony, because – well, because he's a future Hall of Famer, because he was the best scorer in the game for, I don't know, five, six, seven years, feels entitled to that kind of deference – He's just not going to get it. He's got to accept the role. Vince Carter's done a great job with that in Atlanta. I was just talking to him when he came through LA. So, other guys, some guys
0: are comfortable in that role. He's not. And that's just not going to work for either side. Well, here's the thing that's interesting is because, from what I understand, he's not the kind of guy that's going to be grandstanding in the locker room and getting in the coach's face. So, I guess what we're going to, what I infer from what you're saying is that. On the court, he is simply going about his business the way he wants to do it, and that's probably making them feel like there's no way they're going to ever get in the change. Yet, even even in absence of any kind of major face to face confrontation between any of these guys, right? Like that's not happening. Yeah. No, I I don't think that there's bad blood there. I mm-hmm. just think that they're
1: not comfortable with where the relationship um, and and how it's going down is. It's a very, it's just an odd animal. He just. He expects, I think, and thought he'd have a bigger role on this team. But, you know, this is now the second year in a row where he's been on a Oklahoma City is a good team. Um, the Rockets are obviously a potentially very good team, and he can't he just can't thrive in that role. And, and you you know, if you've been going through the tape yet offensively, he hurts them some. Um, certainly defensively, they were a little over 10 points. I think it was 10.4 points per 100 possessions worse when he's on the floor. He's. He can't defend, and you can't have him out there in crucial situations
0: great okay, so that brings us to our next point, which is also really what we're talking about here. Would you like to hear my theory of why he's being cut? okay because yeah. after this we could talk about j f k and r f k too but uh, <laughs> but here's the thing: he gets signed a little bit later in the summer to a you know a minimum deal after they cut him from atlanta uh it's September whatever fourteenth fifteenth less than a month later. Jeff Bisdelic suddenly retires on the eve of the start of the season. Um, and he said he had been thinking about it a little bit before that and then notified them the day before the, their preseason started. Um, I, I don't think those two things are unrelated, A eh? Now, cut to, all of a sudden, Jeff Bisdelic's going to come back. But no, he's not going to come back right away. He's going to come back in a few weeks. I don't think those two, and, and all of a sudden, Mello, they're talking about Mello being cut. I don't think that those four things are unrelated.
1: Possibly, yeah. I mean, I don't know how much one player moves something like Bedzelic. And by the way, can you imagine what they had? Like, um, the owner had to sit down with Bedzelic personally and get him to come back on the team. Do you know, like, what kind of Brinks truck you're talking about to get this guy to come back? Like, he, he just got a healthy raise with that move. Um, and by the way, probably... we, we
0: we should let everyone notice in case they don't know. Jeff Bezeleck coached Mello in Denver, but also was the associate yes. head coach of the Rockets and the defensive guru, who clearly his absence was felt. And I've never heard of a coach have, especially an assistant coach, ever have that kind of pull where they could say it's either me or Mello. But here we are. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe I, I, right. I think I think that there could be a little something to that. I think it does make life a geek, like easier they i mean i've seen them early in the season and it's gotten better um but when i saw them in person early in the season their communication on defense was just terrible and a year ago i mean they were on it they switched everything they talked a lot um they were by the end of the season on on one page you know to to use the coaching term they were on a string right i mean defensively they were switching everything they knew where guys were going to be they were sharp on their rotations they'd planned all season for this specifically to go against golden state in the playoffs but they had it down and they looked like a team early in the season with that just hadn't practiced it a month like they just thought that part of it would come back where i think even more than offense def- you know you can speak to this i think defense is the side you got to really drill more like that's where the drop off happens faster your your talent can win you some Your talent can get you some buckets on offense. If you've got James Harden, he can just go get you some buckets. Mm -hmm. But if you're not practicing defense, if you're not working on that communication, it comes apart fast. And it came apart fast for them. And now they're trying to put it back together on the fly. And that's, you know, that's easier said than done. Some teams, you know, San Antonio's actually done a really nice job of that. I was just looking at that, the stats today. Because remember, they started off terrible. They had the DeJounte Murray injury and they just stumbled out of the gate. Last nine games, they're third in the league in defense. Like, Popovich is smart. He got the guys back to playing their system. It, I just, It's going to be a little tougher, I think, in Houston because I mean, with or without Carmelo, they still don't have Trevor Ariza. They still don't have Mbamute. And those guys are long, switchable, smart veteran defenders who knew what they were doing.
0: Yeah, that's the problem I think Daryl Moore tends to have is that he treats these uh, players as assets without really, you know, considering the chemistry issues, A, and then B, uh, you know, what the he probably thought, Oh, we can just recreate that, no problem, we'll find a guy who looks like them and they'll do the same thing. Um, the the switching is what we're uh, you know the key thing that the Rockets were doing that was so done so well and that's what you're saying about the communication has to be on point especially in the realm of a new season where teams have now had a whole year to really look at the switching look what works against that and how to combat that and if you don't come in right away with all those things in order and your communication in, uh, in, in line and then practicing defense yep. yeah this is, I think we're seeing what's happening here uh, and then you throw the, you know, the thing on Melo now you know, I, I want to draw a, a comparison to the Thunder last year in my video, and I'm wondering maybe you can help me. Um, you know, his numbers weren't terrible, and, and it's to the point where if he was scoring his 15 a game, it kind of negates a little bit of the yeah. awful defense. But, but what do you think that there is something there? Is there a mellow problem between that that he's just bringing to a locker room before he even puts his shoes on? You know, the funny thing is I
1: don't know how much – I like when you say locker room, I don't think it's a chemistry thing. Like guys like him. They respect him. And when they were talking about letting Carmelo go, I, my first thought was, well, how does that play with Chris Paul? How does that play with James Harden? They like him. Um, Chris Paul also, as anybody who's been around him in L.A. will tell you, is as competitive as anybody in the league. He, he never wore it on his sleeve in a Kobe Bryant kind of or, – or Jimmy Butler kind of way. But – He's got that same fire. He does not like to lose. And, you know, I think that that will compel him to kind of get past the Carmelo thing. Like, well, he's not he's not helping us like I got to win. He's not helping us. How do we get guys who will help us right now? They've got a guy on a two way contract who's helping him more. So he's going to get the minutes. And I think that I think there's a part of Chris Paul that's okay with that and can separate business and friendship.
0: Oh, I mean, do you think it's possible that they are mulling this decision or have made a decision without asking Harden and CP3? Oh, no. No,
1: no, there's no way that didn't. That No organization, well, would, should do, would or should do that with their stars. So that's actually, to put it more bluntly, that's how you lose stars. Like not including them in those conversations. Not necessarily, by the way, making them the decision maker because – LeBron James, Kobe Bryant and many stars before them are rather horrible at GMs (laughs) like they're not good at that role. But you consult them. You get their opinion on things. You say, hey, we're thinking about X because if it's going to be a huge problem, it might not be worth it. If if Chris Paul and, and James Harden were going to revolt at this, then it wouldn't be worth it. Uh, clearly they're not, uh, like you said, they're moving on. And what I, again, I know it's been reported and, and kind of what I heard, they're just trying to find a landing spot for him. Like he doesn't, they're not just going to throw him out into the wilderness, kind of cold business. Like they're trying to wait for him to find a spot and they'll just kind of go on without him for a while.
0: Right. And walk me through that because, um, if they cut him, he goes to waivers and so anybody right. can pick him up. How's that work again? Yeah, right. exactly. If, if he is cut, he is
1: waived. And remember, he's on a minimum salary. Generally, when you see guys get waived, Tyson Chandler, you know, ends up with the Lakers. He was making, I'm going to forget the exact number now, but it's a little north of $13 million. Nobody's picking that up. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody's like, ah, you know what I need is 13 more million dollars on the books for a backup center. Um, so he clears waivers. Carmelo's on the minimum, a veteran minimum. So the idea that he'll completely clear waivers is kind of interesting. Like, w- probably will, because you Now you're getting into the team politics thing. Like if let's say he I don't know uh, the one name I heard that makes any sense at all, let's say Miami is like, all right, we'll take him on. I'm not sure that happens, but let's just hypothetically say that's going to happen. So he goes into waivers and you're one, you know, you're a team like I don't know who's who's worse than Phoenix and goes, you know what? We're going to snatch him off waivers before he can get to Miami doesn't always sit well with an agent that spent a lot of time trying to get him to Miami it doesn't sit well with other agents and other teams so there's there's that kind of politics going on but it's going to be he will eventually get waived go through waivers and then uh you know we'll see where he lands yeah
0: I, I you know I heard Lakers but like it sounds like the Lakers oh, no you know, can't I, do I it. say I yeah
1: w- without getting into some stuff with sources no it's not okay.
0: the Lakers. Yeah. I mean, listen, he's not very desirable. I hate to say it to people who are fans of Carmelo at this I, point. I I I I don't know about you. I feel bad sometimes like kind of
1: thrashing him because he's a future Hall of Famer. Like he is a not just a ten time All Star, six time All NBA. He was in the NBA, I'd say from a, pretty much maybe the year before he went to New York, certainly when he was with the Knicks for Four or five-year stretch, he was the best kind of scorer in the NBA. He wasn't terribly efficient. The guy could get you buckets inside, outside. He, he could score a lot of ways, and he could just put up a lot of points, and it kind of made up for the defense and everything else. Um, it's just kind of faded. And by the way, remember, it's the Basketball Hall of Fame, so the two gold medals, I think it's two, two gold medals and the NCAA championships count as well. Like He's a future Hall of Famer and, I, and a great player, and I don't like being dismissive of him, of him this way, but he just – That's not
0: where he is right now, and he can't accept the role for where he is now. We all have our roles in life, and today, I'm assigning you one. I want you to head over to theathletic.com slash coachnick so you can save 40% off the subscription price and get all of their amazing written content and analysis of the NBA. They've hired practically every big-name writer in the NBA space. Every day is another long list of great articles to read, and guess what? They just added a weekly video series called Inside Coach Nick's Brain, and it's done by some dude named, well, Coach Nick. I've seen the first two episodes, and they're really good, and you can only watch them if you go to theathletic.com. So, use my link, theathletic.com slash coachnick, all lowercase, save a whopping 40% off the subscription price, and enjoy all their great content, including the ability to get inside my brain. Well, you know, let's, let's move on to the next big news we've had this week, which was the Jimmy Butler trade, because um, that kind of, uh, I think, caught people a little bit uh, off guard, maybe not, or we knew he was going to get traded, but maybe not to the Sixers. But um, Sixers give up two starters, and um and a pick and uh and jared bayless i'm not really sure what we how we categorize jared bayless at this point but um i I wonder if he gets
1: waived yeah
0: yeah so we have so we have butler now on on philly uh what are your thoughts so much for the process
1: right i mean they are all in it's uh win now with them And, and i To me, and I think you probably wrote this. I I think I saw that on on B-Ball Breakdown. Um, If it wasn't you or one of your guys did, I've kind of felt the same way, which is it's a gamble. It is absolutely a gamble by them, but not a bad one to make. If you're going to go big game hunting, they struck out last summer. You look ahead. I don't know that they're getting Kawhi Leonard. You know, I really don't think they're getting Kevin Durant. Kevin, You know, Kyrie Irving wants to stay in Boston. There's no— I don't know anybody who thinks Clay Thompson is leaving Golden State. Sorry, Laker fans. Um, so, if you're looking at that at that marketplace, you're like, "Hey, man, let's take a swing at. Butler. If we can get Butler now and keep him in house, I'll give up some pieces. That way, you know, it's kind of the opposite of what the Lakers did, right? With Paul George, like, no, we're not going to give up pieces. We'll get him as a free agent. And that doesn't work. They kind of learned the lesson from all that. They went in, but it does make them win now. Um, and they don't have enough shooting and they don't have the depth to go with, Bo- I think, Boston and Toronto right now. Um, there's more moves coming. They've got some time. And, and also, Coach, I, wouldn't you say the, the other thing I always wonder about these teams when they get thrown together, especially with young guys like Embiid and Simmons, we kind of take for granted how willingly – Golden State and frankly, Miami and San Antonio before them, these veteran teams sacrificed individual numbers, sacrificed individual touches and parts of their game for the betterment of the team. Are they are the Sixers up for that? I mean, I hope they are. I think they are. I think Brett Brown can can teach them that. But at the end of the day, these guys have to accept
0: that kind of sacrifice or you start to go Wizards. Yeah, and you know, because Butler is going to get in people's faces, and I, I had said that it's Ben Simmons is the kind of guy I don't think it's going to get bothered by his intensity like that. Uh, I do wonder how Embiid will react because he's a kind of a happy-go-lucky guy who, you know, he can get intense when he needs to be. But I wonder if that's going to be an issue. Um, he, Butler is certainly not the shooter that you kind of describe that they need. But you know, it's interesting about this whole thing. I think we'll, I think the the thing that's not being said. Is that their whole impetus for doing this um, is not because Toronto or Boston. I think they suddenly realize holy crap, Milwaukee is now yes. leapfrogging us and we can't have that. You know, so we gotta do something because Milwaukee is now looking like the team that could beat anybody in the East.
1: Yeah, actually I think Milwaukee is right now, as of today, you know, we'll see where this is, you know, we're ten to twelve games into a, you know, into the season. But right now, Milwaukee is better. They absolutely are better than uh, than. I don't know. Toronto's off to a fast start, and 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 every year I want to believe in them, don't you? Like every year, you're like, man, they look good. Yeah. They're doing this right. And this year, you know, it's not it's not it's not the same coach with the same offense. It's not Demar Derozan, and, and you know, it's it's Kyrie Irving. I mean, I'm sorry, Kyrie. It's Kawhi Leonard, and he would like to show you his Finals MVP and remind you that he can step up in the big moments. And that said, you know, I'm a little hesitant. And the Bucks, I like them a lot right now. I like their role players. I like the way they fit together. Um, you've probably done some breakdown stuff on them. But, I mean, Giannis is Giannis. But right now, the way they're spacing the floor, the way they're getting looks, the way Brooke Lopez fits with them, the way they're – they've simplified their defensive scheme and just – they're giving up a lot of threes. But they're taking away the paint. They're not making the kind of stupid mistakes they made before.
0: It's – they just look fantastic. Yeah, I I mean, I I love the people they put around. And it's really amazing how, you know, because you could argue that, well, with the Jason Kidd stuff, the the spacing, it was weird that he wouldn't have said, you know, we need you About three steps back (laughs) than where you are, and we have to stop throwing it to the elbow every single time down. All of a sudden, you got dribble handoffs, you got attacking the middle, you got forcing the uh, Mm -hmm. closeouts, and you got uh, compacting the defense. It's really amazing how even if it's a little bit even subtle on offense, it's unlocked a lot of what's going on for everybody Um, and and what we've been waiting for for years. I mean, it was amazing to see how even with shooters along uh, around Giannis before, he still didn't have any space. And now they do, and so they 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 figure some things out. And I think this is what happened with with Philly was that they're they're kind of panicking now. Uh, they easily could have gone on the road they were going on and continue to improve and slowly do the process. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest concern they probably have is whether or not they're going to be able to keep Butler after all this. Yeah, I think that is a concern. I mean,
1: look, he, well, I think there's two things with that. A It is a concern. This is a guy who's been unhappy with his teammates his last two locations, and he doesn't think they work hard (laughs) enough, and he's got some—at some point, it's not the teammates. You know, that is out there. He's a—he has a rep as a bit of a diva, as a a, a guy who works hard. I don't want to question that part of it, but uh, a guy who's not always the easiest on teammates, not always the easiest to get along with, um, poor Markel Fultz—I mean, poor I got a a feel for like the guy with the shaken confidence already. And did you, I mean, you've all seen it. Probably everybody listening who, because they're great basketball fans who, you know, go to your site and listen to these, your podcast. They've seen that free throw from last night where just, oh my gosh, the hitch and the free throw and just, he is coming apart at the seams. And now the, the alpha personality and withering glares of Jimmy Butler come in the locker room. But I think the other question I think – well, not even the other question. The other interesting part of this is what kind of deal do they give him? I mean are they going to give him the full five years, 190 that they can? Because I can tell you for sure that there were teams really hesitant to get into the Jimmy Butler sweepstakes because they fear that next contract. He turns 30 before he signs it, and to use my boss's terms at NBC – he, this isn't dry, He doesn't have driving around the city miles on him. He has off-roading miles on him. <laughs> Tom, right. T- Tom Thibodeau has run him into the ground for years. Plus, he plays in a, you know, all out aggressive, reckless style that we love. But that you know, As Dwayne Wade that takes a toll on your body. Um, Jerick Rose, a bunch of other guys. There's just there's a sense around the league that you don't want him for five years that you're going to regret at least the last two of that. Um It'll be interesting to see what the Sixers do, but I feel that like that really puts a some pressure on them with the window. Like you've got to get it done, ASAP. You've got to get these guys in here. You know this year is going to be. I, look, I don't want to say right this year off, but there's going to be a lot of things to figure out this year, and then you're going to learn some lessons in the playoffs. But rolling into next year, you've got to be ready to go. Um, assuming you re-sign Butler, you've got to make the offseason moves to have this team ready to go and compete with Boston and you know Toronto if they keep. Kawhi Leonard and, and you know, everybody else, Milwaukee, obviously. Um, so you've got to be ready to roll. And by the way, whoever, wherever Kevin Durant lands and you know, if he comes to the Knicks, that gets interesting. So like, you've got to have that thing ready to roll next year. Mm-hmm. And th- that puts some pressure on that front office. Like it's, it's now, like you said, the, the process is dead. The hand holding is dead. Markel Fultz should be texting with Lonzo ball and Brandon Ingram about being thrown into the deep end. Like mm-hmm.
0: go swim. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, even even Drew Hamlin, who was trying to help him rebuild yeah. the shot is, you know, severed his relationship with him. And I'm not sure who the source was that was reported. But certainly, you know, they made it pretty clear that he is. They don't even talk like it was. It was unceremonious, for to say the least. And uh, I, I'm not even sure if Butler. I mean, maybe he wanted to be around for Butler to, bu- to bully him. But uh, I, I don't think that Fultz has any trade value as it is. So there what other moves can they possibly make? Who's around? Um, I, look, Corver's is a name you hear a lot right now. Oh. Um, you can certainly get him.
1: Uh, provide shooting. Now I don't talking. need. I think that he can fit with them, and he could kind of again. He's a, he's a veteran willing to fill a role um, that <laughs> I think could help. Uh, I don't think I, I know. The Carmelo name has come up, but again, I don't. He's got to accept a role there, and I just I don't know how you fit that in. Fultz, by the way, I I think he would have some trade value. To a to a developing team that might be willing to take their time with him, I, uh, Brooklyn, for example. I mean, they're not going to give up a ton for him. But and by the way, I am glad Karis Lavert's injury isn't as bad as it looked because that was yeah. so yeah. scary last night. Um, but a team like Brooklyn, or you know, I, cause I was about to say Atlanta, but they're they kind of they kind of like their point guard. Uh, same with Sacramento <laughs> right now. Um, but there are teams out there, maybe, maybe Phoenix, somebody might be willing to bring him in if they can get him at a good price and, and being willing to send back a veteran who can help Philly right now um, just, to, just to roll the dice and see if, hey, this, this guy is a number one pick. I don't know what you've got to do to get him back to looking like he did out of college, but if you can, you get something because coming out of college, he was going to, I don't know how good, but he was certainly going to be better than what we've seen.
0: Yeah, I mean the the, the confidence is—I hate to even use that word—but it could certainly. Oh, he's, uh, he's, yeah. It looks shot. He's he uh, he won't shoot it anywhere inside of you know t- uh, ten feet. So, and by the way, when you go through the footage, you do see some nice finishes. He does get to the rim hard and he can finish there. So it's not like there's nothing there uh, that he can't do and he can handle the ball. But um, it is, yeah, it is unprecedented what he's going through. And, uh, you know, yeah, hey, there, I, I'm, I'm available if he needs some help. I'd be more than happy to help him. I, and we know exactly how to do it, too. So, um, you know, that's will be. Yeah, I, I wonder, you know, you have to wonder because, A,
1: like what went, was it the trainer or what happened that caused that the confidence loss and the weird shot change in the first place? But like, is what's the relationship now? What's working with him? Like, and I don't really have an answer there. I'm just, I'm kind of curious because drew Hanlon has a great reputation and he's helped other guys. Like not every per, you know, personalities, are personalities and, and not everybody can work with every, you know, every yeah. trainer and what have you. But I, I'm wondering what the deal is there. Because that's a couple now he's gone through uh, that just haven't worked for him, and I don't know. I, I don't know how you get there. I don't know if he needs a sports psychologist at this point far more than he right. needs a tr- physical trainer. Like, but well, but it's a, there's a lot of work to do there.
0: Yeah, and then the, see, there's a subset of the NBA trainer or the or the basketball trainer in general who is uh, knowledgeable about biomechanics and functional yeah. movement. Um, I don't think that Drew has, I and mean, he certainly doesn't have the letters after his name to, to uh, for that and kind of information. Yeah. And you need to go back to the drawing board and start to, uh, you know, to go to build that up and figure out. It sounds yep. like he probably did hurt himself at some point, which is what kind of led all this stuff to happen. Maybe he was too embarrassed to say that he was mountain biking and fell off or whatever happened and and it hurt himself. So, um, but yeah, th- there's there's a lot of sort of functional movement things that need to be addressed that aren't clearly. They're just yeah. trying to like minimize movement and try and isolate certain parts of a jump shot. And it's that's it's not going to work. I could see him getting frustrated after, you know, he started in the summer, so this is. It isn't just like, oh, he spent three weeks and it didn't work. This is months and months. Um, the problem that you I get think, into think, is that, yeah, you're in the yeah, middle I, of the and season.
1: I think, and I think your point is is valid. This is, I mean, going back, to, I know that they did this with Michael Kidd, Gilchrist, and it had limited effect because, God, that was a bad shot. But, mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking about with him at this point, like I think you're right about getting a functional movement guy. And going back to the drawing board, this is an off-season, all summer, working out every day with the same guy, changing your like whole structure and how you do things and, and strengthening different parts to get back there because it's it's broken right now it's not just mental it's physical and then you've got to get the physical part back and then you've got to somehow get the head right too and that's it's just a tall order and, yeah. and but i could still see some team taking a risk on it just because if you can find a way to do it and they're look brook for brooklyn to use, to use the example i used first that's a good development program. Like, Karis Levert, you know, again, there. But, I mean, they've, Spencer Dimwitty, like, on and on down the line. They've developed guys. Um, so maybe there's some potential there.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, I had to tell you, uh, the potential for you is not there because you already have realized your talent coming on <laughs> this podcast. So, Kurt, I can't thank you enough for uh, lending us all of your expert uh, analysis and information. Hey, I'm always happy to do it anytime, man. You got it. Well, thank you so, so much for coming on the show. And don't forget, sports fans, at b Breakdown, not a channel, we're a conversation. You in? Are you in, Kurt? I'm in for sure.